This is the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware. It's always smart to know what's going on. Now on FM 1071. So many questions. So little time. Oh, oh my gosh, look out. <laughs> it happened at the White House lawn. Down came the Christmas tree. Yes, it did. I have so many thoughts about this and so many questions. And if you have any, you can weigh into it. 210-599-5555. That's right. The Christmas tree, as Joe's getting ready to light it tomorrow. <laughs> right. You don't even know where he is. How can he light a Christmas tree? It fell over. <laughs> it fell down. It's like a 40-foot spruce. Okay. First of all, good morning, good morning, good morning, Don, good morning, Don, good morning, Elaine, and good morning to you, too, at 210-599-5555. First of all, okay, so this is the perfect metaphor for this administration, okay? Everything that this administration does turns to (laughs) you-know-what. Even a Christmas tree. They can't even get the Christmas tree upright. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Seriously. I mean, everything he touches. Well, this administration, because it's not Joe, you know that. It's Barack. But everything that this administration touches is destroyed. But did you ever stop to think, why is an administration that is so fired up about global warming and deforestation and the fact that we don't have enough trees Taking in our carbon dioxide, putting out some O2 for us. And we got to save the forest. Why is this administration putting a big old tree on the front lawn, huh? Oh, for the same reason they're still using gas stoves and gas water heaters inside the White House, I guess. huh? That's funny to me. It really is. Why, why don't they have an artificial tree they picked up down at Walmart for seventy nine ninety nine? <laughs> That Hey, that would prove their commitment to the environment, wouldn't it? And it might be something they could handle because clearly this administration can't even handle the Christmas tree. <laughs> Do you think G got a belly laugh out of that? Do you think Vlad got a belly laugh? Of course they did. They think this is exactly what this administration is about. And by the way, could have been done on purpose. <laughs> what do you mean? Well... The whole point of Barack Obama is to embarrass America into shame. I mean, that's the whole point. That's his, That's been his life goal. Read his stuff. Read his stuff. I've done it. You can read it. His whole point. The, the whole point of his life. His life dedication has been to embarrass this country into shame. Shame on you, America. Come down off your house. So, if the Christmas tree on the White House lawn falls over. Well, that's just another embarrassment for the country, and it's really an embarrassment for, for these guys. Look, let's let's look at it this way, just so we're all clear. The Biden administration inherited peace and prosperity and a border that was under control. Low gas prices, like under $2. Energy independence. We were selling energy on the world market, not begging other countries to produce more oil so we could buy it from them. They were begging us. They 
inherited increasing salaries among all genders, all 562 genders, and all ethnic back backgrounds and groups, all 5 million of them, low to no inflation. Basically, it was nothing. <laughs> we had the return of American manufacturing on track. That's what Joe and the Biden administration inherited. Low credit card debt. People were actually saving for the future, saving for their retirement, because they weren't having to charge everything on planet Earth on their credit card just to get by every month. So they had to paycheck at the end of the month, and they were putting that paycheck away, either in 401Ks or the stock market or a savings account or a Folgers coffee can buried in the backyard. But people were saving money. Saving rates were going sky high at the time. Now, people have rated their savings, their 401k, their IRAs, and everything else just to pay the light bill. Joe inherited low food prices. And Joe inherited the resurgence of American greatness and leadership. And today, today, since Joe has been president, food is up 21%. Rent is up 20%. Electricity is up 25%. Water and sewage is up 16%. Natural gas is up 29%. Restaurants up 26%. Overall, the cost of living is up 18% since Joe Biden has been the president of the Biden administration has been calling the shots, even to the point where in March of 2018, U.S. Steel announced that they're restarting two blast furnaces and recalling 500 employees at the Granite City, Illinois, a steel plant following President Trump's decision to tax steel and aluminum imports. And you remember what happened when he did that? Well, they started to make steel in America again instead of China. China? China? And so Joe comes in, and he takes those taxes off of Chinese steel and puts it back on American steel. So now... Now, the Granite City Steel plant has decided they're going to shut down their Granite City, Illinois plant and fire 1,000 people. And guess where that manufacturing of the steel is going back to? Oh, did you say China? You did, didn't you? You said China. Well, you got it right. Bing, 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 bing. A cup of coffee for you this morning. You got it absolutely right. So with all of those niceties that the Biden administration inherited and by the way that's not a complete list i just gave you the high points of the list when we talk about peace and prosperity and border that was under control and low gas prices and energy independence and increasing salaries low to no inflation return of american manufacturing low credit card debt low food prices and the resurgence of american greatness and leadership you could also toss in there relative calm on the streets of america okay now the soros da's were already working to deconstruct american life and destroy these great american cities they have done a an incredible job for their side at destroying great american cities including a city like san antonio but you can talk about san francisco and los angeles and oh last night the mayor of chicago blamed donald trump and MAGA republicans for all the shootings up there that's right it's because the MAGA republicans and donald trump will not accept 
the outcome of the Civil War, that black guys are killing black guys, black children are killing black people in Chicago. You want to hear him? All right, Donald. Let's roll cut number one. The mayor. Well, it has to be better coordination. You know, what we've seen is a very raggedy form um, instituted by right-wing extremism. Um, everyone knows that the right-wing extremism in this country has targeted democratically ran cities. And quite frankly, uh, they've been very intentional about going after democratically ran cities that are led by people of color. Oh. And their whole motivation is to create disruption and chaos oh. because that's what this that particular party has been about. Can you pause right, that a the second? Same... The Republicans are about chaos in the streets of American cities. <laughs> again, again, I have to spend most of the show <clears throat> putting the truth out there because these guys are lying to America and nobody in American media, nobody is calling their hand on their lies. All the chaos in the streets of America doesn't come from Republicans and from, from MAGA folks. It doesn't. And you know I'm not a Republican. It doesn't come from the Republicans. It's coming from these DAs that have been put in place by these radical left-wing Democrats all across America to go soft on crime, sow the seeds of chaos and violence on the streets of America. Go ahead, Don. Let her go. Right, this is the same political party that did not want to accept that President Obama was actually oh, an American. God. Oh, God. It's the same Republican right-wing extremism that stormed the Capitol. It's the same right-wing extremism that refuses to accept the results of the Civil War. <laughs> it's raggedy. It's disrespectful. It's oh, yeah. mean-spirited. Okay. It's an unclean spirit, quite All frankly. Right. And so, so I got you. Okay, that's got... enough. That's enough. That's the uh, the the mayor of of Chicago, dude. Black people are killing black people in Chicago. I don't think that's a MAGA problem. I don't think Donald Trump started that. That existed before Donald Trump. Uh, you guys have gone soft on crime in Chicago, and you have begged for this to happen in Chicago, and it's happening in Chicago. And it has nothing to do with Donald Trump, MAGA, right wing extremists, whatever. I don't care, whatever. Has nothing to do with it, and we all know that to be the truth. But you see, just like Ronald Reagan supposedly said, according to the Education Secretary Miguel Cardona, Ronald Reagan said, "We're from the government. We're here to help you." And he left out the first part of it that the nine most dangerous and fearful words in the American dictionary are: "We're here from the government. We're here to help you." Uh, and that's the Education Secretary, by the way. They have to change the country you grew up in, and replace it with their liberal, leftist, socialist, communist country. They're doing it, by the way, through mail-in ballots, through ballot harvesting, through no voter IDs in these various places. They are going to run on the single issue of abortion, watch, and they are casting their bet that Donald Trump is so wildly unpopular with the middle America that there is no way that they're going to vote for him. Are they right? All of that stuff I just tossed your way, what do you think? Christmas tree down at the White House. All the stuff that this administration inherited that was positive for this country that they have now turned into one of the most negative situations I have ever seen. The country's survival is at risk. I'm telling you, it is. The country's survival is at risk. Whether we survive is is going to be a it, it, for the first time in my life. That's a real question. Never been that way before. Whether we survive as a nation, 
But now it's a real question. And we were on the track. We were on the track before this administration came in for American greatness to once again lead a very prosperous and peaceful world. And now we're neither prosperous. The world is not peaceful anymore. <laughs> and a Christmas tree falling over is a prime example. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Five twenty-two. Yes, you get that gleam in your eye every time Chrissy Hines' voice comes on. Well, I, you know, I love her stuff. Yeah, I, her politics are horrible. <laughs> I told you I had to walk out of a concert because she was screaming about animal rights and I don't eat animals like you and I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. well, she's wearing thigh high. I mean, all the way up to her crotch high. Leather boots. <laughs> you know how many cows had to die for those, and they weren't fake; they were real. Right. So you know, but but the music, man, it's it's all about the music. It's, that's a great song. And mm-hmm. middle of the road, and uh, you know, back gosh, on the chain gang. Back on the chain gang, man. Mm-hmm. What a great song. She's she's really something. Yeah, and, and and a tough life too. You know. Yeah. Went through a lot. You read her book. Her autobiography? I read parts yeah. uh, of her book. It was kind of tough to get through yeah, some of it, you know, because the rapes and all that yeah. stuff that was right. that she was being raped consistently and yeah. stuff like that. Horrible. It's just bad stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. All right. So I got to ask all of you, okay? Don, Elaine, all of you. Have you seen the story about the boy at the football game with the headdress on? and the Oh, pe- the, the Chiefs game. Yes. Everybody saw this now? Yeah. Everybody's aware of it. Right. I mentioned it briefly yesterday. I thought that this was going to be a throwaway that you know that's why i only touched on it real quick yesterday and moved on i thought well, it's not going to be a big deal well it's growing into a bigger deal uh so just for if you haven't seen the story kid goes to a chiefs raiders game the chiefs red raiders black in las vegas wearing a half black half red face and a full-on Indian headdress. He also had on a Chiefs jersey on top of a Raiders t-shirt. Okay, so what's clear to me about this is, and by the way, he's a young kid, maybe 7 to 10. Five. Somewhere, five? five? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. Did you say he's five? Mm-hmm. That's what they were saying yesterday. Wow. Well, that makes it even worse. <laughs> so, okay, so... You know, liberal media and and the leftists, they're all, and, and this Karen Phillips guy from over at Deadspin, which used to be a, a halfway legitimate sporting paper, right, uh, website, uh, and he, years ago, he said, I'm going to allow everybody to exist except for straight white men. He's a black dude. And he's, you know, was screaming a couple of years ago about how uh, straight white guys have got to go and so on and so forth. I just, you know, he's a racist. He's a total racist. But uh, he saw this, and he commented that the NFL needs to take this kid out, man. And so what he showed, and then what the liberal media jumped on and showed, was the headdress and the black half of the kid's face. Profile. That's it. Yeah. Without showing the red half. Right. It's clear that this kid is representing both teams. Clear. When you look at it, if, if you're objective, 
then you can look at this and say the red half is for the for the uh, Chiefs, the black half is for the uh, Raiders. Right. He's got the full Indian headdress on, which also triggered all the leftists in the media because uh, what's he doing wearing that? He can't wear that. Well, guess what we found out. You want to know? He's Native American. He's an Indian. (laughs) (laughs) The boy's daddy is on the council of the Shumash tribe in Arizona. They are Native Americans. The boy can wear an Indian headdress, a Native American headdress, all day long. And may I also point out to you Democrat left-wing nutjobs, if he can wear a dress in school, which you say he can, and if he can walk around and say he's a girl. And he wants to identify as an Indian. Then that's it. <laughs> if he wants to be a half black face, half red face Indian, then he can do that all day too. <laughs> now, somebody somebody else say what you got to say. At, at some point, there was a, once upon a time, there was a, some semblance of morale when it, it came to protecting the children. <sighs> Nowadays, you know, it's, they're, you know, they're victims of circumstances. Nick Sandman. I, I hope. Nick Sandman. A pawn in the whole game, basically. Remember yeah. Nick Sandman? Yeah. And another, another right. Native American thing, because you had the little right. drummer man yeah. up there beating the drum in Nick Sandman's face. And Sandman is a very rich kid now. He made a lot He's of extremely money. rich. Hundreds yeah. of millions. Well, speaking of, I hope at some point the parents sue Deadspin. Got to. Got to run them out of business. Sue them for everything they got. Because this is attacking, first of all, it's attacking of a child. It is also attacking a Native American. Did anybody point that out? Dude from Deadspin. And by the way, did anybody notice that his name is Karen? <laughs> <laughs> He's Karen. That's his name, Karen. The guy that wrote the article. Yeah, Karen Phillips. Is it spelled like you know, K-A-R-E-N? <laughs> no, it's C-A-R-R-O-N, but it's pronounced Karen. Right. Karen Phillips. He's a Karen. He's a Karen. Anyway, you know, I just at some point, when are you going to get over this? When are you going to move beyond this kind of crapola that's going on in the in the liberal media with guys like this? And then the others latched onto it. it had it just been a dead spin thing, I, I was willing just to blow it off because who cares what dead spin thinks about anything? But then in MSNBC, they spent the entire day showing the kid. Then NBC showed the kid all day. And ABC. picture everywhere. Oh, ABC. Hey, look at this. Look at this evil kid. He's so evil. He's got half black face. Hey, how about when Howard Stern used the N-word in front of Robin a number of times wearing a black face with white lips? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Anybody remember that gig? You can look it up on YouTube. Does anybody criticize Howard Stern? And he used the N word. He called her the N word. His co host, Robin Quivers. The only reason she's still with him is all the bucks because she was ready to walk out. Mm-hmm. Or how about Justin Trudeau, Mr. Blackface? Huh? And these guys weren't at games. People paint their faces for games all the time, they paint their whole bodies. I've been to college football games where people are half-naked. I mean, seriously half-naked, and their bodies are painted to represent the team, right? That's what sports fanatics do. Go to the Spurs game and see if you don't see some black and silver faces at the Spurs game. Because you will. Right. You will. Mm -hmm. And so why is it that Greg Popovich doesn't stand up and scream at those people for having a black face at the Spurs game? (laughs) Because it's acceptable in that arena. It's acceptable. And the people who have trouble with it, listen, it says more about Karen Phillips than it does about that kid, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It really does. I mean, he's got other issues in his life. And for one, you know, this is just the the question that popped into my head when I saw this pop up on the screen earlier. How is that even news? It's a five-year-old kid at a football game. (laughs) Hello. He didn't set the place on fire. 
Right. You know, he didn't he didn't steal somebody's popcorn or pull a gun on anybody. He didn't he was, shoot up a school. He was just there. <laughs> Hanging out at all. with his parents, who happen to be Native American, yeah. at a football game with a face that's painted to represent both teams, with jerseys on from both teams, with a headdress on that he is legitimately can wear. And by the way, if your kiddo, I, I had him too. You know, our, our family was all about Native Americans when I was growing up. So, you know, if you want to wear a headdress, wear a headdress. I, I really don't care. You can wear whatever you want to wear. I don't care. That's what America's supposed to be about. We're not supposed to care what you do as long as it doesn't hurt me physically. Right. As long as you don't hurt me, I don't care. I, wear an ape suit. I, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I don't and care what you wear. Isn't he wearing a Kelsey jersey? I don't know. what. It, I, I didn't see the number on the jersey. I have no idea. It might have been. I don't know. Maybe he had Taylor Swift tickets. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, he, he was listening to Taylor Swift God. the whole time. Well, and by, she's in the news, too. So uh, let me take the break, and we'll talk a little bit about all this other crap. <laughs> <laughs> what a day. <laughs> There's a lot of it today. Back in a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA. Well, the future of stone is porcelain. Hi, it's Trey. Boogie, boogie. A little taste of honey for your coffee. Mm, yes. You remember taste of honey and sukiyaki? <laughs> Could they get away with that today? I mean, three black women playing bass. No, actually two. Yeah. Two black women playing bass and singing and singing a Japanese song, sukiyaki, <laughs> from Kusakamoto from 19-whatever right. it was. When was it? 63. 63, Kusakamoto. Yeah. Wow. We're so, look at us, we're so culturally literate around here. <laughs> I don't know how. How'd that happen? I don't know. Okay, so uh, back in, let's buy, buy, you know pile back into the news here. 210-599-5555. A source within the Israeli government is now telling Breitbart, Joe Biden's pressure is going to lead to Hamas surviving the war intact rather than allowing Israel to destroy Hamas. That Joe Biden, uh, the Biden administration... When I say Biden administration, you know I'm talking about Barack, because Barack's running the show, and he supports Hamas. He supports the other terrorists in the Middle East trying to destroy Israel. He wants the destruction of Israel. This is all Barack, baby. And so now this pause is all about losing operational momentum, and that Hamas is okay violating ceasefire like they did yesterday. Elaine told us about that while it was going on yesterday morning, that, oh, yeah, Hamas was violating the ceasefire, setting off bombs at Israel. And they did it with impunity. Did Joe or anybody, did a Barack or anybody say anything? No, they're not going to. Look, the White House clearly is not sharing the goal of decimating Hamas now. They like this whole idea of Hamas staying in power so that, you know, in a couple of more years, they can do this all over again and continue to do this. This is all about changing the narrative in the world against Israel so that Israel can be removed from planet Earth. Where is the, the movement in America that Jewish lives matter? Okay, For two years and more, we had to listen to black lives matter, black lives matter. Oh, the only lives that matter are black lives. That's what we heard for two years. If you're white, your life didn't matter. If you're brown, your life didn't matter. If you're orange, green, purple, your life doesn't matter. The only lives that matter are black lives. That's what we heard. And if you even tried to suggest that all lives matter, boy, you were canceled. If you even said that all lives mattered, you were done. See ya. See ya. 
You're fired. You're removed from the media. Your Twitter account was taken away from you. If you said that all lives matter, every single life on planet Earth matters. No, no, no. The only lives matter, black lives. Well, I guess Jewish lives don't matter either, because where is everybody hollering about that? How in the world, cut number two, Don, how in the world can you go to a city council meeting and listen to people at a city council meeting, this time in Oakland, California, of all places, of course, call for the death of Jews and the destruction of Israel? There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. As an Arab, asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist. The notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those killed on October 7th, you, your time is up. including children, were killed by the IDF. An amendment condemning Hamas is bald propaganda meant to... Thank you. Your time is up. Now, that's them? a bunch of left-wingers that are up there, Democrats that are up there shouting, you know, in favor of Hamas, in favor of the terrorists who rape little children and murder women and all of those kinds of things. And, by the way, these were all females, leftists, Democrats who are there in Oakland who are shouting this stuff. Can you imagine a bunch of right-wingers getting up and shouting a bunch of stuff like that, spewing against a, a, another group of, uh, you know, another ethnicity or another religious group? Can you imagine what would happen? Yes, you can, because you know that ABC would be constantly playing it. You know that CNN would be rolling it over and over again. And yet they can get up and do that in Oakland, California. And I'm going to tell you, the only place you heard that in media is right here on my show. Media is not playing that. Media is not exposing these people for who they are. And media is not exposing when four-year-old hostage Abigail Eden was released. You remember that? We were all and and Joe said I want to go hug her, you know, I want to go hold her. Remember that? Now look, I'm in favor of any hostage being released. They all should be released and we should bomb the hell out of Iran until our hostages, our people come home. Just continue to bomb Iran cuz that's who's behind all this. Bomb their oil fields. I don't care what you got to do to Iran. Bring them to their knees until they force Hamas who is working at the behest of of Iran until they release all, all Americans, okay? Unequivocally, I want all, all to be released. So with that being said, it's interesting to find now that Abigail, little four-year-old Abigail, who was released, and at that point the only American to be released, I think she's the only American to be released uh, as of right now. Maybe that's going to change today. There's supposedly some more on the list. We'll see. Hamas releases American hostage whose family purchased Hunter Biden's art. Was that on ABC on our station? Did they tell you? That her great aunt, Liz Hirsch Naftali, purchased that art from Hunter Biden for, you know, overpriced junk art that he made. And after she did that, she was placed on the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad by President Biden after she spent all that money, gave all that money to the Biden family through Hunter's art last year. And now, the only American that the Biden administration went to bat for was the little four-year-old girl. And I'm glad she's out. 
but it's very clear to me anyway why he went to bat for her. You grease the palms of the right people in the Biden family with enough money to make Joe, the big guy, 10%, a nice little hefty profit. And he'll go to bat for you and your family. Now, he won't for the rest of the Americans that are there because he hasn't. But you throw enough money their way, he'll take care of you. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. This is... Taylor Swift's coming to Harvard. (laughs) Uh, Stephanie Burt is going to be teaching a new course called Taylor Swift and Her World at Harvard. In the class, students will earn college credit for their deep dives into Swift's lyrics, music, and influence, dissecting her catalog and reading a host of authors Burt finds relevant to understanding Swift's artistry, says The catalog, Professor Burt, graduated from Harvard in 1994, told the Harvard Crimson, I try to teach only the courses that I think our students can really use, either because students want them or because our curriculum needs them, you see. Added that she plans to explore the cruel summer singer's shift from the country genre to pop. Of course, her move from Nashville to Manhattan was all part of that. In the context of what Burt believes is the South's shifting relationship with the rest of the United States, Taylor Swift is someone who establishes complicated and changing relationships to the idea of Americanness and to the idea of white supremacy in America and middle America. You knew you were getting there, right? That white supremacy and Taylor Swift. Have you seen the girl? You've seen her, right? She white. <laughs> she Wonder Bread white. Yes, yeah, she's mayonnaise white. <laughs> okay. How is Harvard going to turn Taylor Swift into some, I don't know, icon of black America or brown America or, you know, whatever? And her shift Good luck. from country music to pop, that was planned. Of course, everything <laughs> she has done since the time she was 10 years old in this business has been planned. She's a wonderful marketer. Let's see. That's all. That's it. Taylor Swift is a good way to think about what it's like to have a lot of eyes on you and to wonder what you do with your white privilege, Bert said, the professor. To look around and ask, I'm pretty ambitious, and I got to this place when I was pretty young. What do I do next? What do I do with all this attention and all this white privilege? I love this. This is so good. Then the University of Florida is going to be offering a course on Taylor Swift called Musical Storytelling with Taylor Swift and other iconic female artists. UC Berkeley students will be offered a four-credit course called Artistry and Entrepreneurship. Now, this is not the first time Taylor Swift has had courses uh, after her. Stanford University, Arizona State University, New York University, and... The University of Texas Longhorns all have Taylor Swift courses. Great. Wonderful education there. Uh, Lay's chips are changing. For years, we grew up hearing, nobody can eat just one. And that's a fact. I defy you to eat just one Lay's potato chip because you're not going to be able to do that. Well, now they have decided that they have to change their formula to meet the UN's World Health Standards. They are going to cut out almost all of the salt in Lay's potato chips. Almost all of them. 
PepsiCo is now focusing on foods acceptable to the U.N., like plant-based, no-meat proteins, seeds, and one has to wonder if they're going to go down the insect route. Hey, get a bag of Lay's insects. I've got some crickets in my bag. So what they're saying is the U.S. marketplace really doesn't matter. What people want really doesn't matter. They're not doing this based on a research project like, you know, our customers who consume Lay's told us they didn't want all this salt in there. They didn't do it based on that. Mm -hmm. This is a typical move of these big companies, a la Disney, Target, and the others, that are going to tell you what you're going to buy, when you're going to buy it, how you're going to buy it, whether you want to buy it or not, here it is. And you know what? They're going to go the way of the others. <laughs> they're going to learn real quick. Well, and they'll also <laughs> learn real quick that when they do something like that, there's five other companies that will jump in and put more salt on it. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping Ruffles, <laughs> Ruffles goes, I'll double the salt, yeah, we'll baby. We'll up our salt contest. You know, it's just more of that nanny crap, you know. It just drives me nuts. But, it, you know, it, it certainly it's their brand, and if they want to do that to it, sure. if they want to ruin an iconic american brand and a really pretty good potato chip they can have at it i I won't buy it i won't i'm not going to eat you know something that i don't enjoy and so i'm not going to do it and i bet you most americans won't either and one of these days you think that american companies are going to you know figure this stuff out and quit doing it but who knows we'll see but anyway, there'll be less salt in your lays next time you go to get or whenever they, they do it. And if they do put more salt back in, they won't say anything about it. No, 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 no. Shh, keep it on the low. <laughs> That's true. They'll make about 10 bags with less salt, and yeah. then all the others will have the same yeah, amount of right. salt in it. <laughs> Don't say anything. That's true. Just a pinch less salt. No one's going to know. No, they're, they're talking about taking almost all the salt out. More than 75% of the salt they're going to remove. Yeah. That's what they say anyway. And I guarantee you. That whole thing about nobody can eat just one and America's potato chip—it's all over with when they do that. Yeah, it's all—it's done. They can forget about it. They're gonna go—they're gonna be Bud Lighted. <laughs> <laughs> Bud Light with your potato chip. There you go. Um, hey, um, Elaine. Next Wednesday is wrapping, right? And it's out at uh, Blue Bonnet Palace. Blue Bonnet Palace in uh, in what is that? Selma. Selma. Officially yep. Selma. Yep. Right? Selma. Okay. And uh, what else is going to be going on? Is Ken going to be singing? Uh, no, he is, uh, the band's still going to be there, but he is, uh, going to be away. Okay. Well, so you need a singer? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The band's pretty much, his band's going to be doing it. Okay, good. Are you offering your services? No, I was thinking Riccardi. Have you heard that boy sing Sinatra? (laughs) He's great. So Jack will be there, right? And Ken's band, is Fleming going to be in the audience with a microphone? Uh, yes. Okay, good. Yes, he will be co-hosting. Good. And so what time next Wednesday does this get started at the Blue Bonnet Palace? I believe it's at 6. You believe it's 6? Okay, 5. Or show get, up. get there at noon. Everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> show up and be ready to wrap presents. Yeah. Bring your wrapping hands with you next Wednesday night at the Blue Bonnet Palace. All right, Stevie, take us out of here. I'll see you in a minute.
Price, Trey Ware for Texas Rhino Shield. FM 1071. It's uh, 6.07 now, KTSA. Good morning. It is Wednesday. You're halfway through the week. It is the 29th of November. Trey, we're here on KTSA along with Elaine and Don and Don at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. The Hill newspaper. Presidential debates may not happen in 2024. Here's how we can save this valuable uh, tradition. All right, and then in the piece, they, they go into how the Commission on Presidential Debates took over in 1987 and so on. And we have had consistent, regular, uh, televised debates since then. However, got one coming up in radically leftist San Marcos next October at the radically leftist Texas State University. That was uh, a big part of the radical leftist LBJ's life. <laughs> Here's where I'm going with this. That in this piece, they point out that part of the problem has been, well, first of all, just so you'll know, the, the reason he's saying that may not happen is that neither party has committed to any presidential debates next year between whomever the candidates are going to be, Okay. Nobody has committed so far. So there is apparently concern inside of D.C. circles that the debates, presidential debates, have a chance that they may not happen. Now, I think that's not true. I think there's too much money involved. I don't think either party has the uh, guts and has the character to, and particularly the Republican Party, uh, to take a pass on something that is so clearly been stacked against the Republican candidates ever since they began. Is it a valuable tradition worth saving? The Hill newspaper says we need to save this valuable tradition of presidential debates. 210-599-5555. Could you live through next year's presidential season without having the candidates debate? The entire debate season last time between Joe Biden and Donald Trump was horrific. It was horrible. Now, they point out in the article here how biased, believe it or not, to the left, these so-called journalist moderators of these debates are. And they break it down like when, uh, what what's his name that was over at Fox for the longest time, Chris Wallace? When he did the debate, he had the majority of the talking time. <laughs> the moderator did. And they point out, and I think rightly so, that these moderators, they write these questions where they spend, you know, 10 minutes setting the question up and going on and on and on and on and on. And typically in the setup and the question itself, it's all about the left. It's all set up to uh, favor the left, whoever the, the Democrat left-wing candidate is. We remember when Candy Crowley over on CNN told Mitt Romney, that's just not true. You're, you're, you're lying. That's just not true to a presidential candidate. You're supposed to be out of the picture. 
But what they have done now for years is these Democrat activists, and that's what the media is. I point that out to you every day. We carry an activist network on this radio station. But I point out to you every day that the media is an activist media. They are not there to report the facts of a story. They are not there to tell you what's going on. They are not there to tell you the truth. I point out every day instances where they change the truth, where they edit things so horribly to fit the narrative that they have as left-wing Democrat activists. And that's just about all the media. That's a broad brush. But they all deserve it. There are very few that don't. And so, when it comes down to it, do you think (laughs) that the Republicans should be on a stage being asked questions by a liberal left-wing activist who is sitting out there as the, quote, moderator, the journalist moderator? Well, I don't. And look... It starts at the top of the Republican Party. The Republican Party has the problem here, okay? They are the problem. When, from 2009 to 2011, they had a Democrat plant as the head of the Republican Party in Michael Steele, who has found a home being handsomely uh, uh, taken care of and paid by MSNBC right now, to trash conservatives, to trash Donald Trump, to trash traditional value Americans, which is what Michael Steele does all the time. And he was the chairman of the RNC from 2009 to 2011. No wonder we lost those elections. You remember the candidates? John McCain, who was a Democrat wearing an R. And the same thing was true of Mitt Romney. And, oh, by the way, speaking of Mitt Romney, who is the chairperson of the RNC today, right now as we sit here, and has been since 2017? Who? Ronna McDaniel. Ronna McDaniel is Ronna Romney. Uh-huh. She was born a Romney, the niece of Mitt Romney. Uh-huh. Ronna Romney McDaniel. The same Mitt Romney, the same family, who told us just two days ago, I'll vote for a Democrat before I'll vote for Donald Trump. Same, same guy, Mitt Romney, that a lot of us, myself included, because he was going up against Barack Obama, supported when he ran for president. And his niece, (laughs) he's a Democrat, wearing an R because he got elected in Utah. His niece is running the RNC, Ronna McDaniel, Ronna Romney McDaniel. So, listen, uh, my my suggestion, let's have somebody who is not one of these uh, journalists, activist journalists, as the moderator, and they can toss out the question in one word, each of them. Let's take the most important subjects to America. And you've got, let's just say, just for case of argument, let's just say you got Trump over here and you got Biden over there. I don't think it's going to be that way, but just sake of argument. And you have somebody sitting in the chair, and I would say take it away from the audience, do it in a studio where the audience can't influence any of this, in a studio where you can hear the answers, in a studio where you don't have the cheering and the screaming. And have them say, inflation, President Trump, go. 
and let him talk for an allotted amount of time? Inflation. President Biden, go. And let him talk for the allotted amount of time, and then let them question each other. And the next one, border. President Biden, your thoughts on the border. And let him go for the allotted amount of time, and back and forth like that. And then they can question each other at the end of that. They can say to each other, not not a setup from this moderator, but each candidate can say, hey, no, you know the border was sealed up while I was president. Now you've opened the border, and look at the crime on the streets. You know, that kind of thing. That's far better than this system right now that is rigged against the Republican candidates. What do you think? All i got to say is one word. I mean, you know, that's it. Just whatever these top, pick, pick the top five topics. And they don't have to go on for an hour and a half. We don't need those kind of debates. Pick the five big topics that people are concerned about with all the polling. And we all know what they are, right? It's inflation, it's the border, so on. And just with one word, <laughs> that's all you got to say, abortion. President Biden, go right ahead. President Trump, abortion, go right ahead. That's it. Then you're actually going to have a real honest-to-goodness debate. Now, one of the reasons I think that that's not going to happen, the networks make too much money off of these debates being what they are now, which is similar to a WWE slam fest, you know, where, where it's just total chaos and screaming over each other, and you can't understand what anybody's saying. It's all stupid. And it's all written and planned to make the conservative candidate look horrible. 210-599-5555-210-599-5555. If you're concerned about your roof, and you should be, you ought to be thinking about your roof. It was a very hot summer, and all that heat and all that sunshine could have dried up those shingles on top of your roof. Have those shingles, have that roofing looked at with a free roof inspection and no obligation whatsoever from Stevens Roofing. As I always say, buy local, stay local. Trust local with Stevens Roofing at stevensroofing.net. They do it all. You can get your Stevens Roofing uh, situation scheduled right away. They are family-owned. They are your local roofing company, and they deal with the same weather that we deal with. So when we get weather that's going to be coming up, like wet weather and stuff like that, if you have any kind of exposed wood because your your roof suffered some damage over the summertime, that's when you're going to have some real rotting and, and big problems. So fall is here, and this is the time to call Stevens Roofing or go online to stevensroofing.net for your free roof inspection. Make sure your roof is ready for this season, the fall time. Check them out at 210-785-0994, Stevens Roofing. AccuWeather mostly cloudy and a shower possible later today with a high near 60. And then 72 or thereabouts tomorrow. It's 53 right now at KTSA. Good morning. Looks like our first trouble spot. Oh, yeah. Come on. Mm. 621. That's Puro San Antonio. Mm, yeah. Carlos Santana and the team. All right, let's go to the phones, 210-599-5555. And, uh, Paul, you're on KTSA. Good morning, Paul. Morning. Uh, Trey, I didn't know that uh, Ronald McDaniel was Hispanic. Uh, I didn't know she was related to Mitt Romney. I'm uh, not sure if you're aware of this, but 
a couple of years ago, you heard about those uh, Mormon people coming out of Mexico that were kidnapped by the cartels and stuff. Well, they're a part of that sect. I don't know if you know that or not. So that's what that's what got me. When I see her on TV, she had the name Lana on it. I didn't know. I said, well, where is this gal from? But now you cleared it up, so I wanted to thank you very much for clearing all that up. You got it, Paul, and uh, I appreciate you listening. Yes, she is the niece of Mitt Romney himself. Uh, her real, her, her, well, her, her given name at birth uh, it was Rona Romney, and, uh, and uh, all of the Romney family. Uh, and uh, we all know what Mitt's all about. You know, he is definitely a Democrat. There's no question in my mind that he's a Democrat, right? And uh, see, that's where the Democrats win. This is where the Democrats beat the Republicans. And this is why the Democrats are afraid of Donald Trump. So much so that now they're fantasizing about him dying. Okay? Because the Democrats have played dirty pool in politics for years. Where they have put plants in various positions in the Republican Party, and the Republicans, they haven't taken these threats and these these plants like a Michael Steele or a Rona McDaniel or whatever, they haven't taken them seriously. And they've allowed them to come in. And you've got, you know, Liz Cheney's a prime example. I mean, we saw her true colors on J6. She knows J6 was a setup. She knows J6 was all designed to get rid of Donald Trump. She's very well aware of that, but she's a Democrat. Okay? And who was that other guy that was up there with her that was supposedly the other Republican, started with a K? What was his name? Anyway, he's a Democrat. Rona McDaniel, Romney McDaniel, is a Democrat. Michael Steele, a Democrat. The Democrats have been able to infiltrate the Republicans. John Boehner. <laughs> you going to tell me John Boehner's a conservative? You going to tell me Paul Ryan is a conservative? Like a traditional value. I'm not even talking about red MAGA hat, right wing. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about they are not even conservatives. They're not even traditional value Americans. That's why John Boehner let Nancy Pelosi run the Congress, which he did. Same thing with Paul Ryan. Let Nancy Pelosi run the Congress. Why? Because they're Democrats. They get elected as Republicans from Republican districts, but they then govern as Democrats. And that's what you've got at the top of the RNC right now. And that's why, back to the debate issue, when it's time for a debate, they go get a Chris Wallace. Do they get a Tucker Carlson? Do they get anybody from Newsmax? Do they get Chris Reddy? Do they get anybody that's a legitimate, like a bender from over at, uh, at, at at Breitbart? Do they get anybody like that? Of course not. They're not going to allow that to happen. Neither head of either party. But they're very happy to have a Chris Wallace. They're very happy to have a Joy Reid. They're very happy to have a Judy Woodruff. People like that that are leftist, 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 leftist of far left... They're more than happy to have those folks be the moderators with questions that are completely set up to work against the conservative or the Republican candidate. They're more than happy to let that happen. So if that's going to be the model for the presidential debates next year, I'm more than happy not having presidential debates because they're useless as far as you know, conservative Americans. They, do, they serve no purpose whatsoever. I've gotten, you know, 
okay, again, I'm politically minded, and you are too. You listen to this show and this station. Have you gotten anything out of these debates that have been going on now between the Republican candidates? Have you gotten one thing out of it that was useful to you? One thing. There has been nothing that has come out of these debates that would help anybody make a decision. The process of elimination. But that's it. No real policy No real discussion on where America should be headed. No real brass tacks on what you're going to do to get us there. Nothing like that has been happening in these debates. And I will tell you, the last several Republican or last several presidential debates, that's been the case as well. Nothing has come out of those presidential debates in the last 10 years or more that have done anything to inform us about what's going on. It's been all a setup that has been driven by the activist journalists for the left. They write the questions. They take all the time making a statement instead of asking a question. The vast majority of the time is done by those who are sitting behind the desk, not standing behind the podium. And if that's going to be the deal for next year, just cancel them. They don't do any good. And, and and send Trump or whoever it is out on the campaign trail. I'd rather have him out there doing that than facing Joe Biden any day of the week, particularly if you're going to have one of those left-wing. And by the way, just because the debate is sponsored by and is on Fox doesn't mean that it's okay. Fox has been taken over by the left as well. So if that's going to be their deal for next year, that's fine. Just move on. Listen, I love the Lincoln-Douglas idea. I think that's a wonderful way to have a debate, but they can't sell that to all these sponsors they got to sell it to. And you know what? At the end of the day, that's all that matters. How much money are you going to make at the end of the day? It's not about informing the American people about these candidates. It's how much money are you going to make? All right, I'm going to tell you about Lifestyles Unlimited, FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. Are you ready to set a course for yourself and your family that means prosperity, that means, well, peace around your home, that means a way of providing for your family? Well, I want you to get in touch with my friends at FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. That's Dell Wamsley's team called Lifestyles Unlimited with David Fisher. Who's, he taught me about investing in real estate, and these guys are fantastic at teaching you the knowledge. And then if you need some hand-holding, they will be there to hold your hand to get you through it as well until you truly understand the principles, until you're on your feet and making money, investing in single-family, multifamily properties, and all of those kinds of things. You need to know the ins and outs. You've got to have the keys. And if you, if you have the right keys in your hand to open the door, you can really start making some good money. And they'll show you how to retire in five years or less. Just log on to the website, financialfreedomlivestream.com. The promo code is WARE, W-A-R-E. In the ever-evolving world of technology. Oh, Six thirty-seven. Trey Ware here on KTSa. The National Christmas Tree toppled to the ground at the White House. A complete and total metaphor, perfect metaphor for the Biden administration. I mean, he falls everywhere he goes. So why wouldn't the Christmas tree fall? Oh, four. <laughs> John Hayward, Breitbart.com. Man, did I miss you the past two weeks? Good to hear. Good to hear from you, man. 
I hope you enjoyed your time away. You're right about the metaphor. I, you can hardly believe you couldn't look for a more perfect image of the Biden administration than the tree just blowing over and them to scramble to pull it back up. That that aura of failure that surrounds everything Joe Biden does just perfectly encapsulated. Well, and you know, when you think about it, first of all, if they're concerned about global warming and deforestation and all those things they like to preach at us, why are they using a 40-foot spruce? Why didn't they just go to Walmart and get a 79.99 fake tree and put it up? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, that's also going to start rankling on people. You're seeing more and more that there are privileges that are now reserved for the elites, for the special. There are things you're not supposed to have. The U.N. is telling you not to eat meat now. That's their, their newest appeal. Americans have to stop eating meat in the name of global warming. But if you look at a global warming conference, those people are chowing down on prime <laughs> steak. They, they're not going to stop eating meat. They mean you need to stop eating meat. I love the picture of Kamala and Doug in their kitchen for Thanksgiving, wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving stand over their gas stove that nobody's supposed to have. <laughs> That's another great one, yeah. And I think the, the original reaction was how phony and posed that photo was, how they obviously don't use their own kitchen. They have servants that do all the cooking for them. You know, they're, they're just standing there smiling, and then everybody notices the gas stove. Hey, wait a second. You guys banned those for us. I'm just going through a list here that I kind of, off the top of my head. The Biden administration inherited peace and prosperity and a border that was under control, low gas prices. I was paying, I took a picture of it on inauguration day, uh, I was paying in the 150s here in Texas. Energy independence, um, increasing salaries for all genders and all ethnicities, the salaries were going up, low to no inflation at all, the return of American manufacturing, low credit card debt, low food prices, and, of course, the resurgence of American greatness and, and leadership. And since that time, John, now food is up 21%, rent is up 20%, electricity 25%, water and sewage is up 16%, natural gas is up 29%, restaurant meals are up 26%, overall 18% increase. And American manufacturing is shutting down again under Donald Trump in March of, of 2018, U.S. Steel, brought in 800 new jobs at the Granite City Steel plant, and now they are announcing they're shutting that plant down, and a 1,000 people are going to lose their jobs. Did you think the destruction of America could happen so quickly? Uh, I did, yes. I think people should have realized how fast it could happen. This is a malevolent ideology in charge of this administration. It's not Joe Biden. It's the people that actually run it. He's just a puppet. And they, they are not, they're not fans of you. They don't like you. They don't like your lifestyle. They don't like your freedom. They don't like your prosperity. And they had plans ready to go on day one to start tearing all that apart, to subdue the American middle class once and for all by taking away everything that makes you middle class. And they're well advanced in that project. You, you're, the middle class today is nothing like it was just a few years ago. The life of a middle-class person under Donald Trump is now a dream, like like a great, mighty civilization that fell a million years ago, and now we're just sifting through the wreckage. That That's how it seems. And, and you can turn it around, but you need to vote for people that will seriously do what it takes to turn it around. It's going to be hard, uh, you know, when you consider the mail-in ballots, and we know that they were messing around with the mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting. Uh, no voter ID in several locations that we should have voter ID. And then they're going to focus on a couple of things. I think uh, if Trump happens to be the nominee, and that's not a given, but if he happens to be the nominee, uh, they're going to focus on how, or they're going to lay their money on the fact that the independent, you know, uh, middle America is not going to go for Donald Trump. They're going to focus a lot on the abortion issue to try to rile up young females to bring uh, voters to the polls. So this could be a tough slog to try to get a Republican, whoever the nominee might be, back into the office. 
Yeah, there are Democrat consultants who seriously think abortion will do it all by itself. They can just ride that all the way to the White House, and nothing else really matters. Everything else is just like a you know warm up drama for the for the great abortion debate. I hope Republicans are smart enough to understand that that's what's coming at them and be ready to deal with it. I'm not always convinced that they are. They they miss obvious things sometimes. But man, how do you miss a, a set of conditions like this? All you have to do if you're the Republican candidate, if you're Trump or anybody else that's the Republican candidate, is just remind people of this mighty fallen empire that we once were just a few years ago before the coming of Joe Biden. You know, how do you run against that? And the answer is you do it with demonization. You do it with, with uh, you know, populism. You do it with everything the Democrats are going to unload in this all-out nuclear strike. And every complaint they ever had about running on divisive social issues will be gone with the wind. They won't say a peep about divisive social issues while they're running on them. You know, when you look at Joe Biden, let's just say he's going to be the nominee for the sake of the argument, and I, that's not a given either, uh, but let's just say it's going to be him. You know, it should be an easy lift, you know. It, this is, this should not be tough at all to point out that, as you said, and I've said all along, I happen to believe it is Barack Obama who's running the scene through all of his people who are in the administration. Uh, but it should be a, an easy call to show that this guy is not the future of our country and to look at what has happened. I just went through a very short list of how's, how people's lives, Republicans, Democrats, independents, everybody's lives in America have changed in the past two and a half years, and not for the good, not for the betterment of, of our country, and, and a world that was seemingly at, you know, rather peaceful attitude is now, you know, a conflagration is, is, is bubbling at the surface, awaiting to happen. This should be an easy take for the Republicans, but I don't trust them to do a good job on just about anything. John, i got to tell you, that's just my honest opinion. No, it's it's wise to be skeptical, and also sometimes their party is not unified in its national message. They run differently in different areas. They play differently to, to different crowds out there. And then, you know, if you are Donald Trump, if Donald Trump is the nominee, then he can criticize the government spending that created this this terrible situation we find ourselves in, but then he's going to get walloped for having been the guy in charge when a lot of that spending was implemented during the pandemic. So a candidate other than Trump might be better positioned to pick that up and run with it. And remind people, we're at the end game of out-of-control government spending of socialism imploding and taking the whole country with it. The bomb has been detonated and the mushroom cloud is rising into the sky. And it's time to make that case to people that you just can't endure as a nation with these levels of insane government spending that we've just gotten used to. There have to be massive, massive cuts and you have to get the people behind you to do that. Uh, just a couple more things. First of all, Business Insider uh, over the weekend wrote a piece if Donald Trump dies before the end of the year, this is what happens. If Donald Trump dies before January, this is what happens. I brought this up yesterday. Now that the left is having fantasies of Donald Trump dying. And uh, Tucker has asked him, you know, they, in order to get rid of you, they're just going to have to kill you, aren't they? You know, that kind of thing. There's a fantasy on the left now with the Democrats that they, uh, ultimately they have to eliminate this guy permanently they feel, some of them anyway, in order to take him out completely so he's not a threat to them at all. And when I say a threat, I don't mean just a, a threat of winning the presidency. But if he wins the presidency, the retribution that's going to come is going to be hell on earth for these people. Some of them belong in prison, and some of them just might end up there. And they know it. Yeah, very possibly. And they're, notice they're not just going after him. They're going after his voters, his supporters. Right. The media is laying the groundwork for the idea that those who would vote for Donald Trump are not really human. They're not really citizens. They're Nazis. They're a menace. They're an enemy. And that's going to lead to violence. It, it has every time that they've run this playbook, and it's going to lead to violence again.
Yeah. Okay, one final thing. Newsom-DeSantis debate on Fox with Sean Hannity tomorrow night. Why is that happening? What, should we care about this? Is this important? What's up? Well, it's a little odd. It seems strange for one of the presumptive candidates here to run against somebody who isn't theoretically a candidate, and it's going to be strange for them to pitch this and the importance of it to people, but it is a chance for DeSantis to shine. If he does really well, if he knocks it out of the park, then that's going to help him. His campaign has been waiting for some spark to ignite the fuel and get it off the launch pad, and maybe this will be what does it. If he does a great job and there's good viewership for the debate, I think it's harder for you to explain what Gavin Newsom is doing there and what he gets out of this, but it'll depend on how well he does. I, I I do think DeSantis will do well. The question will be, will it be so well that everybody turns around and says, hey, wow, this guy has arrived. His campaign has really begun now. Are they thinking that these two are going to be the ultimate nominees? Well, there's certainly a good chance of it. I think there's a good chance that Biden isn't the nominee and Newsom would be a likely person to turn to. But, man, you got to remember, if they pull that, if they get Joe Biden to retire, get him out of there, it's going to be almost impossible for them to not, not to run Kamala Harris. If they run anybody other than her, the howls from the intersectionality crowd will shake the pillars of heaven if they just drop in a, an old white guy from California as the new candidate. It's just hard to imagine them pulling that off, you know, without touching off a revolution in their own base. The only person they could replace Kamala with would be Michelle. That's it. It's the only person. Yeah, that, I think that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, sir. As always, it's, it's an honor to speak with you. I appreciate you so much. We'll talk again next week. Thanks very much for having me. John Hayward, Breitbart.com. Check him out. I want to get a word in here for Dr. Mark Abercorn and the great team at River City Oral Surgery. That's River City Oral Surgery. You don't need a referral to see River City Oral Surgery, so you don't have to pay for a visit with another dentist or another doctor in order to go see him. You can simply call their number and go see him. That's that, it's that easy. And you don't need insurance to see them either. Because at River City Oral Surgery, their prices are meant to be affordable without insurance. Now, coming up at the end of this year, December 31st, is their five-year anniversary. Half of the, the small businesses fail within five years, but they are going strong and getting stronger every single day at River City Oral Surgery. Why? Because they've got the best practice when it comes to oral and facial surgery of anybody in the state of Texas. And that includes these implants that people are turning to left and right to restore they're, they're good health, and if you've got missing or broken teeth, you don't have to live that way anymore. You can get these implants from River City Oral Surgery and enjoy a healthy life. Your friends at River City Oral Surgery, rivercityoms.com, and on the phone, 210-778-0002. This is Martin Bomba. Harbaugh. Those hot lips on a cold, long neck, short move, make a cow, more sweat, you all these eyes want to be you shaking your head? I have no idea. Kevin Fowler, baby. No. You and I, if you've not seen Kevin Fowler next time he's a green Actually, hauler. I, I have. Have you? Where did you see him? <laughs> he was uh, at the, uh, the AT&T Center with uh, Derek's Bentley one night. Okay. He came out. Is that stage. rodeo or something? Yeah, right? it was rodeo. Mm-hmm. He came out. And- it's going to be rodeo time before... I mean, day after tomorrow. Already, already, yeah, already, already announced all, all the uh, performers for the year. So. If you haven't seen Kevin Fowler, guys, you got to go. Uh, he's he's a blast to watch. He's an excellent musician. I think he's got a doctorate in it. I think, yeah, or something you know, close to it. He's studied music out in West Texas, and uh, boy's good. <laughs> what? Are there any country performers at the rodeo no, this year at all? No, there's no country. I was kind of wondering about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you and I were talking earlier. Post Malone's doing country now. 
I mean, why not? I mean, yeah. everything else in country music is sure. rap, so you might as well bring in Post with his grill. I guess he figures he's from Texas, so he qualifies by, by birth. Do you know so. that song that he does, uh, Pickup Man, he does a pretty good job on that song. I think that was a Diffie, wasn't it? That was a Diffie, right? Pickup Man. Thank you. I got I got one right. Congratulations. Finally. I'm just, I, I name every, I ask every time I ask about a country song. That's Joe Diffie, isn't it? Yeah. See, um, I, I'm not well versed on on current country music me with you know the stuff that's on the radio or yeah. or the stuff that you don't hear but don over there always comes in and says hey check this out yeah oh, no he's all me into some decent stuff don you know? was don at in his heyday which he's never sounded better than he sounded right now uh, don cooper in the other room over there he was a great country disc jockey he was yeah. in k buck right after i left k buck and then he went to he was over at kj and uh, the boy can play country music and and he's a great musician he's a great country player too did you know that about him? I did. We've yeah. talked about it before. Oh, have you really? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that. Rodeo is going to be here before you know it. And I'm not trying to rush through the holiday season or anything like that. But Oh, I- let's please do. <laughs> <laughs> please. Oh, well, see, that's the, that's the thing. It's become so much hard work these days to have the holidays that you just yeah. want to get it over with in some instances. Right. I, you know, I had a conversation with Georgia about that over the weekend. Did you? You know, because we flew in for, for Thanksgiving. Right. And it, I thought, well, you on, know. On the private jet? Yeah, a private okay. jet, my right. own personal jet. You black rap star, are you? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And, and I remember telling her at some point, I, it seems like I worked harder this year to get everything ready than what we used to host it at our house. What's going on? Well, we just came through, you know, having everybody uh, for Thanksgiving. I should have gone to your place. Yeah, I'm telling you. And it turned out great. We, You know, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> People didn't fight and throw t- mashed potatoes yeah, at each other. It wasn't that bad. Well, yeah. I just it's a lot of work. I told yeah. Nancy last night, you know, we on Christmas morning, we do tacos and tamales. Mm-hmm. And we have people come over for tacos and tamales. Sure. And then it's over by 9. I kick everybody out 9 o'clock yeah. on Christmas morning, get out of my house. Yeah. But on Thanksgiving, it's, it's an all-day, it's an all-week event, right? It's right. an all-day deal. And I told her last night, we were standing in the, in the parlor where the Christmas tree is, and I told her, I said, um, we're going to talk. We're going to have a real conversation. We're going to talk to talk before we have Thanksgiving here next yeah. year. I don't know. We reconsider our options. You know what I did? We talked about this last night. I do understand now how Bill Millers does such an incredible amount of business at Thanksgiving time. It would be so much easier just to go pick up the turkey, pick this up, and just throw it on the table and say, y'all eat. Right. And and to me, that's what Thanksgiving's about anyway. It's not about all the preparation hard work. It's about being together. And if one or two people are in the kitchen doing all the work, right. then they're not spending time with everybody else. Does that make any sense? It does. Okay. Sure. You mean I made sense for once? Congratulations. Dang. Hey, I'm glad I was here to witness the whole thing. I'm going to call it a day. Yep. <laughs> that's it. Time. As well. Let's go. Warren Rima coming up next. KTSA. Take it away, Stevie. Grown diamond wholesale prices have crashed.